Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to The Kickoff, brought to you by TickPick. I'm your host, Dan Harris. With me is my producer and hard seltzer barista, Brandon Tuma. You guys know the deal with Mondays. I'm going to run through the injury news really quickly, and then I'll get to my five biggest takeaways. But first, some housekeeping items. Have you entered to win our signed Debo Samuel jersey that we are giving away here? All you got to do is leave a review for this show on Apple Podcasts or CastBox. Then go to fantasypros.com slash kickoff to enter. That's it. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasypros, and that will count as three times the entry. Also, before we get into it, uh, this weekend, I bought my son some Celtics tickets. Me, him, his grandfather, we're all going to go for Christmas. I hope he doesn't listen to this because he'll know that I will spoil this present for him. But anyway, we did it on TickPick. They have tickets to everything. And, you know, I talk about the NFL tickets, but anything you want, really, for tickets. They have it there, and again, they are giving away season ticket packages to your favorite team that are worth $3,000, all right? TickPick is the original no-fee ticket site. They're teaming up with Zip, the buy-now, pay-later service provider, to give away the season ticket packages for the 2022 NFL season. They'll do a drawing every single month. This one's coming up in about, what, 10 days, 9, 8? I don't know what that is. Seven days or something like that to do a drawing to pick one lucky winner for the 2022 season tickets to their favorite NFL team. Again, each package valued at $3,000. Just go to TickPick.com slash pros, T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K dot com slash pros. All right, let's talk about the news from yesterday. C.D. Lamb is in the concussion protocol after leaving the Cowboys Chiefs game with a head injury. Remember, they play on Thanksgiving as they do every year. So I don't know. Sounds really, really dicey that he could possibly even clear concussion protocol by Thursday. Remember, the Cowboys are already down Amari Cooper for that game. So... I don't know, get ready for a lot of uh, Michael Gallup and Dalton Schultz. A.J. Brown left the Titans-Texans game with a chest-shoulder injury. It was called a chest injury, but now some people think it may be a shoulder. And look, we don't have any details on this other than I follow a lot of injury experts on Twitter, and they don't seem to be that optimistic of an immediate return here. He also dealt with a hand injury early in the game. So I don't know, cross our fingers, but for right now, probably plan to be without Brown for a little while. Michael Carter left with an ankle injury. Uh, We don't know the severity of this one, but again, this is something where Robert Sala did not have any updates after the game. That's not usually that great a sign. So there are whispers of potentially a high ankle sprain, which would obviously keep Carter out for a little while here. So unfortunately, you're going to need to look to probably pick up Ty Johnson, maybe Tevin Coleman if you're desperate, but it is something where chances are that Carter's going to need to miss a little time. Same is true for Justin Fields, who left yesterday's game with rib injuries or just general (laughs) sort of injuries, if you listen to the way Matt Nagy described it. Again, they also play on Thanksgiving here, so almost no chance of Fields being able to turn around and make things happen. And Andy Dalton looked okay, and he made Darnell Mooney do something. So that's always a positive sign. But if you're rostering Fields, plan to be without him for at least this week. Jordan Howard left the game against the Saints with a knee injury. Again, not sure of the severity here. And he had run really, really well. So the Eagles have totally committed to the run at this point, even against a tough opponent like the Saints. So if Howard needs to miss time here, I mean, that's only going to, you know, bolster the stock here of Miles Sanders, who looked pretty good other than some, you know, fumble issues that he had here. And his stock would rise pretty significantly if Howard needs to miss time. Jamal Agnew suffered a hip injury in the fourth quarter of the game against the 49ers. It's not clear how serious this was, whether it was just the fourth quarter of a game they were getting destroyed in or whether, you know, it means something. Not sure what that means necessarily for fantasy purposes. Agnew was not somebody you could rely on. And again, LaVisca Chenault was already playing outside and not the role that we wanted to see from him. So 
you know, just monitor it, but it does not sound like anything that's going to have much of a fantasy impact. Jarvis Landry was dealing with a knee injury against the Lions. Now, he was out of the game for a little while. He came back in the very end, but he was clearly not 100%. He did score a touchdown yesterday, so that is helpful. But again, I mean, you're really relying on Nick Chubb and maybe Landry if you're desperate. But for the most part, you want to avoid every other Brown. Rashad Penny was dealing with a hamstring injury throughout uh, the game. He started the game. I think he may have gotten the first carry, but then he was out for most of the first half, came back briefly in the second half. But look, just avoid all Seattle running backs. It's kind of a disaster there, as we'll talk about shortly. Marcus Johnson left with a hamstring injury. If you're watching, you saw him pull up. So he's certainly going to need to miss some time. And if A.J. Brown misses time and we already have Julio Jones on IR, we're in a lot of trouble here for the Titans and Ryan Tannehill. Finally, Darius Slay left with a concussion. He is in the protocol. Hopefully, he can clear by next week. All right, my five biggest takeaways. It begins with Jonathan Taylor is the new Derrick Henry. Maybe both Austin Eckler and Jonathan Taylor are the new Derrick Henrys. I mean, with what happened on the Sunday night game. This isn't really a takeaway. I mean, Jonathan Taylor's awesome. Nice job, Dan. But how do you lead a show about your biggest takeaways from the day before and not lead with Jonathan Taylor? 35 touches, 204 yards, five touchdowns against the Bills. Taylor has now scored 15 touchdowns in his last eight games. 15. He's been over 100 yards in each one of those games. He's been over 200 yards twice in his last three games. Amazingly, the Colts have figured out that their fortunes are better when Taylor, not Carson Wentz, dominates the offensive flow in the game. The debate over Taylor versus Christian McCaffrey versus Derrick Henry for number one overall next year will be great. The debate over whether Jonathan Taylor is the clear-cut number one in Dynasty League is going to be awesome. Now, Taylor's schedule is not great going forward. The Bucs, we know, Houston fine, then a bye, then the Pats, but who cares? I mean, he just made the Bills, one of the toughest run defenses in football, look silly. There's not much to say other than in the recap show of the Fantasy Pros podcast, which we live stream on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash fantasypros, someone was commenting about how, you know, I always tell people to sell high after monstrous games. Should they do so here? And I'm like, yeah, all right, go sell high on Taylor, which means getting back Christian McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook and a medium Royal Reese's Brownie Blizzard from Dairy Queen, but nothing less. Number two, we can fully buy into Antonio Gibson. Now, we talked about Gibson last week after his big game, right, against the Bucks, where he had 26 touches. Now, we always had concerns about his shin and the stress fracture, and we talked about how one week's really not enough just to, to get by after it and feel totally better. It's going to take probably months to recover from it. So even all those touches against the Bucks, that was enough to make me feel like 100% on him. And again, that was a positive game script, which was weird. But we looked at their upcoming schedule and we said, all right, well, I mean, there could be some positive or at least neutral game scripts here in this one. And what do we get here against the Panthers? It's a tough matchup, good run defense. In a game that stays close, and boom, 19 carries, 95 yards. I remember he was out for a fairly good chunk of the second quarter in this game after he fumbled, whether that was disciplinary reasons, whether it was just we didn't trust you at that moment. Um, but still, 19 carries for 95 yards when all is said and done. That's 45 touches the last two games. Now he gets Seattle, then Las Vegas, then Dallas, then Philadelphia. This does not feel like we're about to enter some crazy run of negative game scripts right? I mean, yeah, it's a negative. He doesn't factor into the passing game. And that's why if there is a negative game script, he's basically out and almost useless. 
He's got two catches last week. He had none this week. But 20 touches per game is enough to make him a solid RB2 with very few doubts going forward. Number three, Cam Newton can be a QB1 going forward. Now, coming into this week, I had him 18th in my rest of season rankings. I had him higher this week, but overall 18th, that's just too low. Yeah, this game against Washington was like the best matchup for quarterbacks, but 21 of 27 for 189 yards and two touchdowns, plus 10 carries, 46 yards, and a touchdown on the ground. He looked pretty competent. I mean, they're doing with him what they want from their quarterback, short area throws. Let your receivers do the work. Let Christian McCaffrey do the work. Now they get Miami, then a bye, then Atlanta. I mean, you look at the low tier of QB1s at this point. Joe Burrow's great, but the fantasy production isn't always there. Russell Wilson, we have major concerns about him, as we'll talk about in a second. Ryan Tannehill, I mean, you may not have any receivers at this point. Are you comfortable with any of these guys starting them on a weekly basis? I mean, Cam is going to give you that rushing floor. He's going to give you the goal line work. He's going to give you the dump offs to Christian McCaffrey, and he's got a good schedule. It's a borderline QB1 going forward each and every week that he's active. Number four, the Seahawks are broken. I apologize to everyone who I recommended start Russell Wilson as a low-end QB1 this week. I mean, it was an absolute must-win game for the Seahawks. I thought with another week of practice, they, you know, his, you know, throwing would be fine. You know, whether it was the finger or, you know, whether it was just rust, you know, I didn't think he'd be back to normal. I wasn't ranking him at like QB7 or QB8 like I normally would, but still he was a low-end QB1. I figured you could start him. I was wrong. 14 of 26, 207 yards. Now, he does have some rust, okay? This isn't entirely the finger. He was clearly indecisive in that game. Like, you watch him. He just feels like he's not making the quick decisions like he used to. He's just not back into form overall. But he's very clearly (laughs) missing the patented deep ball touch that he has. And look, Tyler Lockett had a good game. Four catches, 115 yards. DK Metcalf did not have a good game. Four catches, 31 yards. And they had zero running game to speak of. I mentioned how Penny was in and out, barely in, really. Alex Collins was not good. DJ Dallas scored the touchdown, but we know enough about him to know he's not the answer. They have some soft matchups coming up, especially for quarterbacks. Washington and the Niners, fine, but then Houston. So you're still starting the wide receivers? I mean, each and every week, you just are. But your rest of season evaluation for every single Seahawk needs to take a dip. Finally, buy every Eagle. You guys remember when Eagles fans derisively cheered the team when they handed the ball off to Miles Sanders for the first rushing attempt like midway through the game against the Bucs? I mean, the first seven games, Jalen Hurts attempted 34 and a half passing attempts per game. Over the last four, it's 19 and a half passing attempts. This is entirely a run first offense now. And like you can say, okay, well, it's one thing to do that against the Lions and the Chargers and the Broncos, three teams with very, very weak run defenses. But this was the Saints. Miles Sanders, Jordan Howard, and Boston Scott combined for 32 carries, and Jalen Hurts had 18, all right? So, okay, by the running backs, right? Miles Sanders, 16 for 94 on the ground. He did lose a very bad fumble that could have turned the tie of the game. He tried to lose a couple others, but, you know, the refs prevented it, thankfully. Again, Jordan Howard looked great, 10 for 63, but he did leave with an injury. And forget about Boston Scott, but Hurts scored three touchdowns running. So there's obviously no concerns with him, and... There's no concerns with the running backs, and you've got the lack of pass attempts that should affect the pass catchers, but there are only two pass catchers. It's Dallas Goddard and Devontae Smith. Each basically had a, what, 25 to 30% target share every single week since they've started this. 
By the way, now they get the Giants, the Jets, then a bye, then Washington, then the Giants, then Washington again. Monitor Jordan Howard's injury, but whether he's healthy, whether he's not, you are starting every single Eagle that is basically within start-sit consideration at all. Lock them in your lineup. Don't even think about it going forward. And that's going to do it for today's show. Don't forget to go to TickPick.com slash pros where TickPick and Zip have teamed up to give away five season ticket NFL packages for the 2022 season. That's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K dot com slash pros. Thanks for listening, everybody. Talk to you again tomorrow morning. 